It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Something so tragic to happen and take that away, it's incredibly sad. Canada drowning in grief after a semi-trailer and a bus carrying a junior hockey team crashes in Saskatchewan, leaving 15 people dead. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thank you very much for joining us tonight. It's a tragedy that's being felt around the world. A bus trip young hockey players have made countless times, this time ending with 15 dead, 14 others left injured, some of them critically. I don't have a lot to say um, other than... other than the worst nightmare has happened. An emotional president of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League trying to hold back his tears at a news conference in Humboldt this afternoon. The Humboldt Broncos team bus was heading to a game in Nipawin when tragedy struck. Kristen Robinson begins our coverage tonight. Looking at the wreckage of the Humboldt Broncos team bus... It's hard to imagine anyone survived. This is uh, truly a dark moment for our, our city and our community and our province. The small town Saskatchewan junior hockey players, seen here in one of their last team photos, had set off Friday to play a must-win semifinal game in Nipawin, 300 kilometers north of Regina. 29 people were traveling on the Broncos bus when tragedy struck about halfway through their journey. Throughout Canada, we, we see teams <clears throat> going out into the, into the Canadian winters um, on buses all the time. And, I, and you know, it's always a, a thought in parents' and fans' minds about what could happen and, and unfortunately has happened here in Humboldt. Some 30 kilometers north of Tisdale, Saskatchewan, the bus heading north on Highway 35 and a semi-trailer heading west collided. The impact? Heartbreaking. More than a dozen players killed, more than a dozen others injured, some in critical condition. I don't have a lot to say um, other than... <clears throat> other than... The worst nightmare has happened. Officials struggling to find words through their tears. As Humboldt's mayor put it, there's no playbook to deal with this. This tragedy has hit um, a number of people, not just us. Among the dead, Humboldt Broncos head coach Darcy Haugen. He was a terrific mentor to, to the young men that uh, went through our program. And team captain Logan Schatz. As a league... Um, we will support the humble Broncos every way possible. The semi-driver, who was not hurt, was detained by police before being released. Mounties say it will take some time to solve the mystery behind the carnage. 
road and weather conditions, and the mechanics of both vehicles will all be looked at. We will never forget the members of our Broncos family who were taken from us and who were injured. Those hurt are in hospital in Saskatoon, a trio of hockey players holding hands in a show of strength and resilience in the face of tragedy. Kristen Robinson, Global News. Well, for the latest from Humboldt, let's join uh, Global Quinn's uh, Quinn Ola. Quinn, uh, it's very hard to find the words uh, to what the community there must be uh, feeling right now. How are they coping? Yeah, definitely shocked, devastated. We're here at the Elgar Peterson Arena where a makeshift memorial has started inside on the steps that lead up into the arena. We've seen people of all ages coming here from little tiny children up to older adults that are coming in laying flowers and lighting candles and uh, hugging and embracing and sharing a tear. We were inside earlier but we were asked to leave because they want to make this a safe space for people to be able to come in and mourn these hockey players who've become such a big part of their community. These players aren't just important on the ice here in the community. These are hockey heroes. These are people who are out in the community taking part in various charity events and going out to the schools. They're very well known throughout the community and as I mentioned we've seen a steady stream of people coming in here. At one point in time we actually saw a van pull up and bouquet after bouquet after bouquet of flowers have been brought in and laid onto the steps that lead up into the arena where the Humboldt Broncos play. Now crisis counselors have been brought in. Some people are taking advantage of that here at the arena. Also, uh, first responders have been coming in and paying their respects as well. Now, at this point in time, nothing has been planned specifically or officially for tonight, but we do expect more people to be coming in, paying their respects, and a few people also saying a prayer for those players who are still in hospital and those team members who are still in hospital. What we do know is that they now are talking about a vigil that's planned for tomorrow night. Now, that Tomorrow night was actually supposed to be game six of the semifinal for the championship here that the Humboldt Broncos were playing in. They were traveling to one of those games when this crash happened. They say that tomorrow the vigil will take place when the puck was supposed to drop here at the arena at 7 p.m. tomorrow night. So we will have all of those details. Um, we are actually getting an update around 7.30 local time here, uh, 6.30. So we will have that update coming for you in just a little bit. Sonia? All right. Thank you very much for that, Quinn. Uh, certainly our thoughts and prayers uh, go out to the community uh, tonight. It is with heavy hearts uh, we are bringing this news to everyone uh, today. But we'll come back to you a bit later on. Thanks, Quinn. Uh, BC's hockey community also feeling the loss in a really big way tonight. Many of them with connections to the team, the players and the town. Nadia Stewart has that part of the story. There is a sadness hanging in the air in hockey arenas across the country. Surrey Eagles general manager Blaine Newfeld is feeling it too. As he comes to terms with the news, a player he coached, Jackson Joseph, is among the dead. He's got a big smile. He was, he was often the most positive in the room. I think he would have been a very successful person throughout life. And it, you know, it's all the more sad that that had to be cut short. Joseph is being remembered as a player who had a strong work ethic. The tragic death of him and his teammates while they were doing something players do so routinely, traveling by bus from game to game, is part of what's hitting many so hard. Each team in our league uh, goes through 30 trips a year. 
and uh, you know we're so grateful uh, and probably naive to think what, what could happen. I just think of each and every one of those guys on that team that I had a relationship with and it's just, just awful to think about. The only thing tougher than thinking about this tragedy is looking at it. Unimaginable loss and pain. Former Humboldt Broncos player Quinn Schneidmiller is struggling to make sense of it all. I still haven't had this fully sink in yet. And, uh, you know, we always talk in hockey about dealing with adversity and overcoming it. And this is obviously the biggest type of adversity you can ever face. Delta Icehawks player Jordan Bogress also played with the Broncos this season. He, too, is grappling with grief. I'm just going hour by hour right now, day by day. You know, I'm going in ways. It's going to be a really tough couple of days and weeks. But the focus now is on grieving and healing. Former players, including Jared Fontaine, are making the trek from B.C. to Humboldt. I just want to be there and um, be with them, love them. Um, just kind of be there for support through this hard time. Nadia Stewart, Global <coughs> News. Well, the commissioner of the BC Hockey League released a statement, part of which says there are no words to fully express our grief over this terrible tragedy. Uh, we will provide whatever we can to ease their pain and help work through the days to come. The NHL also feeling the shock and grief tonight in Edmonton, where they might have been talking about the Sedins and their retirement. It is this tragedy that has been replaying hard in their minds. They say it is because they can all relate. That's all we talked about yesterday. Uh, very teamed in, and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a tragedy. I think we've all been on buses uh, back in Sweden, and a lot of these guys uh, played juniors too. So they they've been on those long bus rides, and uh, you never think uh, something bad can happen. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough to see, and uh, especially seeing that uh, team picture. The thing that hits home the most is, is that how many, all of us in here, we all rode those buses. We all, you know, my, my, my boy played junior hockey this year. It could be very easily one of our boys. And it's just, it's devastating. It really is. Um, and like I said, I hope everybody gets, gets some help and, and some counseling and, and just the out love and support has been, has been pretty overwhelming right now. But it's, it's such a tragedy. Yeah, let's bring in our Barry Delay now about the, the, the community, mm -hmm. the hockey community and the reaction uh, from everybody. Because, you know, so many people can relate to this, you know, going out on tour right. to games, wintry conditions. Yeah, I, I think you talk about the hockey community. Well, in Canada, yeah. the hockey community is about 25 million people. Right. I mean, uh, you know, it affects me. I mean, I played junior hockey when I was a kid. We'd travel on the buses. Anyone who's got a, a child in hockey from... Uh, five or six years old as someone who's been fortunate enough to have the kids to play junior in the NHL, they're all feeling it because they know what it means. Like a, a team picture like that, uh, hockey is family. It's your brothers or mm -hmm. your sisters. Uh, so I think that's why it's cut so deep. And you, you see the emotion from uh, from broadcasters. I mean, the team broadcaster died too. I mean, that's it's all everyone's dream. It's part of our our fabric in the in in this country. To, uh, it, there's so many things that go through it that it's not just the game it's the human side of it all mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's like I a tell family you, isn't it, it like has. you describe them as your brothers and yeah. it's a real yes, connection you, sure. you bond with all you that know, time together um, and, and this like any other junior hockey league team across Canada very bonded very tight knit mm -hmm. uh, will be feeling just numb right now sure and, and you know the NHL today look at that the, the uh, between before the Jets Blackhawks game they all had Broncos written on the back of their uh, jerseys which they are to play with today in a circle, just showing that solidarity. And, uh, 
you know, obviously it's just it's the biggest news in this country, and it will be for a long time. And, and sadly, back in 1986, another team called the Broncos, the Swift Current Broncos, had mm-hmm. a similar tragedy where four players were killed, and that was 32 years ago, and uh, or or uh, yeah, yeah, 32 years ago, and people are still feeling that one. So. Uh, it really hits a nerve in this country. It hits, hits everybody, and uh, I think that's yeah. why you're seeing uh, just, you know, people are very sad. It hits right in the heart, and yeah. uh, but I think everyone's coming together. It's a beautiful thing. A lot of people are coming together to see what they can do to help, and uh, that's the other great thing about this country. Absolutely, getting together, but it, no doubt going to take a long time mm-hmm. to heal. Uh, Canadians from coast to coast reacting with shock and horror over how so many young lives were lost in an instant. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau tweeting... I can't imagine what these parents are going through. Uh, my heart goes out to everyone affected by this terrible tragedy in the Humboldt community and beyond. Well, two British Columbians are trying to do something with the grief that they're feeling. The chaplain with the Vancouver Giants inviting people to a local service, while a hockey mum is trying to organise a way for children to honour the victims. Here's Jill Bennett. In Humboldt, flowers and jerseys are left at a fast-growing memorial as people offer thoughts of sympathy and support. Response is coming in from around the world, reaching far beyond the borders of the small Saskatchewan community. I've reached out as far as Chicago, reached out as far as Texas, we've reached as far as Nova Scotia. Um, I just, I think it was um, Holland. Um, is said that they've recognized and they're going to try to do something there. In Langley, Jennifer Pinch decided early Saturday she and the other moms she knows with teen boys in hockey had to do something. Uh, We decided our small contributions could be to show um, that they're not alone, the families aren't alone. Um, There's a whole community behind them, especially in Langley Minor Hockey. Um, Not only Langley Minor Hockey moms that I'm sure we want to gather as many families across Canada to uh, wear a jersey, any kind of jersey, a hockey jersey, baseball jersey, soccer jersey, on April the 12th. The chaplain for the Vancouver Giants is also hoping to provide both a place for people to grieve and show solidarity. I thought, you know, why can't we just show our support again and let's do a vigil. So I planned one here, right here at this location, uh, Lighthouse Church in Ladner. The vigil will be held at 6 p.m. Sunday. There is also a GoFundMe page set up to help the families of crash victims. It continues to exceed expectations in less than 24 hours, raising more than $2 million, proving, in case there was any question, the strength of the hockey community. Jill Bennett, Global News. We'll have more on the Humboldt tragedy a little later. But first, other local news now. An early morning two-alarm fire has destroyed a barn in the township of Langley. It broke out at around 4.30 near 248th Street and 21B Avenue. The building was fully engulfed in flames by the time fire crews arrived. About 30 firefighters were able to quickly extinguish the flames. Fire officials saying the biggest challenges wasn't so much the flames, but getting enough water to put this out. Water supply is a challenge in this area because we don't have any hydrants and so we have a, a, a procedure that we go through where we call out all of the tenders in the department to shuttle water. Uh, we never actually ran out of water because of the efficiency of the system and the skill of our firefighters. First Nations chiefs are out in the pounding rain today as they marched in protest at Kinder Morgan's Trans Mountain facility in Burnaby. Despite the Prime Minister's ongoing promise to build the proposed pipeline from Alberta to the B.C. coast, native elders are saying it's never going to happen. Julia Foy has the latest on the ongoing conflict. 
A few hundred people traipse through mud and stormy weather, all to the beat of a First Nations drum. This Kinder Morgan protest was different from others that have played out in recent weeks. No Kinder Morgan! No Kinder Morgan! This demonstration was led by three representatives of the Union of BC Indian Chiefs. Our demonstrating our, our deep respect, our solidarity and our commitment to continuing to protect the, the land and the waters of, of um, this land known as British Columbia. People of all ages jam the street leading to the main gate of the Kinder Morgan Trans Mountain facility on Burnaby Mountain. This has been the scene of over 100 arrests since March the 10th. Philip vows to be arrested as well. We will prevail and, and this uh, pipeline will never be built. Let's, let's do that. But Friday, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau reaffirmed his promise to workers in Alberta that the pipeline would go ahead. Our government has been unequivocal. This pipeline is in the national interest and will get built. How do you respond to an oil spill? Just leave it in the ground! During Trudeau's tour of Victoria and Vancouver this week, he was met with several anti-pipeline protesters. But during a Coast Guard station tour, he didn't speak about the pipeline controversy directly. This place is home. And I know we all have a deep connection to the beautiful Pacific around here. Grand Chief Phillips spent several hours at the protest site but wasn't arrested. However, he plans to be back. Quite frankly, I think we're looking at a long, hot summer here in British Columbia. Julia Foy, Global News. Well, another controversial pipeline project to the B.C. coast, the proposed Northern Gateway Pipeline, is the subject of a new exhibition. As Paul Johnson reports, the photographer behind it is hoping it's going to bring a new perspective on the debate about energy projects in this province. Down at Science World right now, you can see the visual record of a long journey. We did about 20,000 kilometres most of it down logging roads, trying to get to rivers and ecosystems. This is a smoky river where the pipeline crosses. Andrew Wright is a former tech entrepreneur and conservationist. When he wanted to understand the impact of a proposed pipeline from Alberta to BC's central coast, he decided to see the land for himself. And after four years, the result was this a gripping piece of citizen photojournalism that captures the majestic beauty of the Canadian West and revealed something else to him as well. The real story was the human story of people's lives connected to the land. And for Wright, that's not only fishermen, homesteaders and farmers, but also the men and women who work in Alberta's energy sector. This journey, he says, confirms something he learned growing up in England and Wales, that genuine progress needs to include everyone. I remember when Margaret Thatcher overnight killed the coal industry and communities collapsed. While the pipeline project that Wright explored was ultimately not approved, the expansion of the Trans Mountain Pipeline has become the latest environmental flashpoint. After his journey, Wright thinks both sides of that argument have one thing wrong. The idea of jobs versus the environment is actually a false choice. I actually think we can have our cake and eat it because we can build whole new jobs, whole new industries solving these problems. Paul Johnson, Global News.
All right, let's uh, now catch up with Barry and uh, Yvonne in terms of sport and weather. And we'll start with Weather Festival. It's been pretty wet out there. Yeah, we had a few thunder th thunderstorms rather roll through the region today, right across the south coast. And for us across Metro Vancouver, it came in waves. We'll continue to see uh, quite a bit of instability, especially for this evening and leading in towards our Sunday. Here's a look at the satellite and radar. We do have a heavier round of rain uh, all the way from the central and southern sections of the island. A bit of a break, though, for areas near Victoria. We've got a bit of a lull in the action for for eastern sections across Metro Vancouver. But we are going to continue to see the chance of showers for us across Metro Vancouver leading in towards our Sunday. Not as wet as what we saw for today. And if you're heading along the mountain passes, still the potential to see some wet flurries or light snow for higher elevations. I'll have more on that coming up shortly. All right. And Barry, I mean, you touched on it earlier, the mm -hmm. hockey team certainly reacting and a lot of people in sports mm -hmm. happened in Humboldt. Well, a lot of you had some reaction from some of the Canucks and uh, from Travis Green, who's very emotional. Mike Babcock uh, was very emotional earlier today talking uh, just how close it strikes to the heart. So we'll visit that. It is also the Sedin's last ever game in the NHL. Uh, they'll address that as well. And uh, the Masters had a pretty good day of golf. If you enjoy great shots like eagles and birdies, you'll enjoy our highlights today. There's a lot going on. All right. All that uh, in a few minutes. Uh, up next, though, we will be going back to the community that's been left numb with grief. A live report from Saskatchewan and how the community of Humboldt is coping in the wake of Friday's tragedy. All right, let's return back to our top story tonight, the tragic bus crash involving a Saskatchewan junior hockey team that has left 15 people dead. Uh, Quinn Ola joins us again from outside the arena in Humboldt. Now, Quinn, uh, we know this is a very tight-knit community. Um, how have they been reacting so far? Well, Sonia, uh, one resident that we spoke to said he's a reverend here. He said this has taken the hum out of Humboldt, but that they are a strong, tight-knit community and they will get through this. Now, this team has had such a big influence on the community here and it's been very evident as we've seen person after person, resident, fans, family members, loved ones, all going into the arena here and they're laying down flowers and lighting candles and, and spending time together just hugging and, and shedding a few tears as well as saying prayers for those players who are still in hospital. They've also gathered around a TV and they're waiting for any updates that they can get on those players who are still recovering in hospital They've also been paying attention to those hashtags that is that has been prayer for Humboldt. They are reading those messages that have been coming in for their community and they are using those for their strength here. So we do know that at this point in time, nothing formal has actually been planned for tonight, but we are expecting an update here very soon. A vigil is planned for tomorrow night at 7 here at the arena, which was supposed to be the location of Game 6 of the semifinal game for the Humboldt Broncos, um, the vigil is planned for when the puck was supposed to drop, and that's 7 p.m. Back to you. Quinn Ola from Humboldt, thank you very much for your coverage tonight. Uh, well, for many of us, it is hard to imagine the horror of being on a hockey bus involved in such a devastating crash. Our thoughts and prayers not only going out tonight to those grieving families, but also those who survived and have been left feeling numb at losing their teammates. Former NHL player Sheldon Kennedy knows all too well the trauma that comes with such a tragedy. In 1986, while playing for the Swift Current Broncos, Kennedy's team hit a patch of ice before crashing. Four of his teammates were killed. For Kennedy, 
Yesterday's crash in Saskatchewan is a haunting reminder of the shock and confusion he felt all those years ago. Global's Tracy Nagai sat down with him earlier today. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, if we can just talk a little bit about your experience with that crash. Well, I mean, you know, our experience was, uh, you know, a typical trip. You know, we were all getting on the bus, uh, heading to Regina. It was the first game after Christmas. And, uh, you know, people were just getting settled down in their seats. And uh, and the bus went off the road and, and uh, flipped over on its side and we hit an approach. And that was our impact. And, uh, you know, I was sitting at the very front of the bus. Um, and, uh, you know, I was sitting uh, beside uh, Joe Sackick and, you know, we saw, you know, we were kind of watching and looking out the front window. And, and uh, you know, I think one of the myths is that, you know, in, in, in accidents like this, uh, it, there, there's a lot of chaos and that there's a lot of uh, noise. And, and really, <clears throat> it was quite eerily uh, silent. And uh, I remember that and everything slowed down and, you know, and... Uh, but I, but I remember, you know, I remember people stopping along the highway and, and helping us out and uh, really in a state of shock. And so when I th- heard about, you know, this horrific uh, accident uh, with, the, with the Humboldt team uh, yesterday, uh, my, my immediate thought went to, went to that, went to everybody responding. And those, uh, you know, those immediate, uh, you know, the family members trying to figure out, you know, all they've heard is that there's a, a, a bus crash and there's fatalities. And was it my kid or wasn't it my kid? It's, you know, imagine this scene for first responders uh, showing up on a scene like this or passerbys, you know, that got there before, you know, the first responders on that highway. And I, that's kind of where my mind went because those are the people that sometimes we forget about, uh, you know, in these in these tragic events. I mean, the impact is uh, is wide reaching and, and it's very real. For some of those that don't know what, uh, you know, being on the road is like in these situations, can you describe it for us? Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at a, a you know, a, a city like Humboldt. I mean, you know, it's a it's a community in northern Saskatchewan, which is, uh, you know, a community that's, you know, really out on its own, that's, you know, built around the hockey team. Uh, most of the kids, if not all the kids, come from, you know, whether it be Alberta cities, Alberta towns, uh, Manitoba, other towns in Saskatchewan, uh, you know, they're coming to, to Humboldt to follow their dreams. And, you know, the, the only people they know there lots of times is are themselves in the dressing room and the amount of time that they spend together. And, you know, there's a bond that happens between those players and then the bus trip. I mean, they're on the bus, you know, there's hours at a time that they're traveling together. So, you know, I I compare this bond to, you know, if we look at... uh you know the camaraderie that has to happen and you know with soldiers and when they lose some of their uh you know when they lose uh friends and and you know and and their colleagues beside them and we know the impact of ptsd on those individuals i mean this bond is is much like that and and uh you know and so you know it's it's uh, and then you look at you know these kids are with uh you know they're in schools in Humboldt so they've got to know all these teachers they've got friends outside of uh outside of the hockey uh, team and uh so you know we know that uh and just seeing it in swift current that uh you know we we would think that uh you know the the impact is here but it's really here and uh and i think we've learned those we've learned that uh over the you know the healing process with our accident in 86 and uh and hopefully that's what we can offer um to humboldt is you know kind of you know what does it take to heal a community 
Former NHL player Sheldon Kennedy speaking to our Tracy Nagai earlier today. Yvonne Schall has your detailed weather forecast coming up next. Plus, a major fire breaking out at Trump Tower in New York City. We'll have the latest on what happened there too. Welcome back. Well, in international news tonight, another case of a vehicle being used as a weapon, this time targeting people at a popular bar in Germany, the vehicle plowing into pedestrians in the German city of Munster. In Germany tonight, an investigation into another deadly vehicle attack. The city of Munster's historic downtown, now a crime scene, after the van plowed into a crowd at an outdoor restaurant this afternoon. Police say two people were killed, 20 injured. The driver then shot and killed himself while still inside the van. The attacker, described by German officials as a middle-aged man with psychological issues. His motive, unclear. It's the latest in a string of attacks where vehicles were the weapon. In Berlin, 12 people died in 2016 after a man who pledged allegiance to ISIS drove a truck into a crowded Christmas market. There was Bastille Day in Nice, attacks in Stockholm, Barcelona, London, and New York. In each, terrorists using a vehicle with deadly impact. You can get hold of it incredibly easy, incredibly quickly, and it's incredibly effective to use. And once you've seen one person use it, other people copy. Last summer in Charlottesville, Virginia, a man plowed his car into a crowd of counter-protesters at a white nationalist rally, killing one woman, injuring dozens. German officials say there's no indication of an Islamic extremist motive in this attack, but they're investigating all possibilities. Lucy Kafanov, NBC News. Fire officials in New York City say a man has been killed in a raging apartment fire at Trump Tower. Flames and smoke billowing from the 50th floor can be seen from below as firefighters try to get a handle on that blaze. A man who was in the apartment was taken to hospital, but he later died. Four firefighters suffering minor injuries. The president's not in New York, but at the White House tonight. No word yet on what caused that fire. All right, let's uh, now bring in Yvonne for a look at the weather. It's been pretty gloomy and rainy and wet out there. Is it going to carry on? Yeah, we've got some instability with a low that is just sitting offshore. We'll continue to see moisture right now, heavy at times across the island, along the North Shore Mountains, eastern sections also getting clipped. And we will still hang on to some instability for tomorrow. Temperatures today up to 13 as the high average for this time of the year. sits closer to 14 degrees, so right where we should be. And a record on the Almanac of 23 degrees was set back in 1977. A look at some of the other numbers across the province today as highs with the Soyuz up to 10 Trail today up to 4, minus 6 for the piece. Prince Rupert today at 15 degrees. Lillooet with the double digits at 10. And Victoria climbing up to 13 degrees. Victoria with your current temperature at 10. Whistler at 7. Williams Lake at 3. And the piece sitting at minus 7. Here's the moisture that we are tracking. And the low that is just sitting offshore it continues to be stalled there. And we will see showers as a result from most areas across the south coast tomorrow. Inland sections and higher elevations could see wet flurries. 
If you're traveling along the mountain passes, we are looking at an additional five and up to 10 centimeters, especially for the Paulson Summit and leading in towards the Kootenai Pass, so Highway 3, and then an additional five and up to 10 centimeters for tomorrow. Monday on the Futurecast, though, will be in a bit of a break. It's a break between systems, and here's how it plays out with your three-day forecast. For the piece tomorrow, I'm a mainly sunny sky, rather minus one will be your high. Four degrees with a partly cloudy sky for your Monday. Most areas near Whitehorse over the next three days looking at dry conditions. Coastal sections underneath a mainly cloudy sky with temperatures up to 12 degrees. Showers redeveloping for Monday and similar for Tuesday. Caribou and Central Interior, a chance to see flurries for the morning hours, breaks for the afternoon. Showers and an increase in cloud cover once again on Monday. Columbia and Kootenai region, it's higher elevations. The snow level starting at around 1,300 meters and then rising to 1,600 by the afternoon. 10 is the high for most areas with on and off showers. Similar for the Thompson Okanagan. Tomorrow, Kelowna will be up to 13 degrees. Cloud cover and dry conditions on Monday and then a chance for some showers redeveloping late in the day on Tuesday. Whistler will see the chance of showers tomorrow. Breaks late in the day on Monday. Temperatures will stay steady at 11 degrees. And across the island, we have seen very windy conditions today. We'll continue to see that over the next few days. But tomorrow, temperatures for the southern and eastern sections will be closer to 13 degrees. A chance of showers. Windy once again on our Tuesday. Metro Vancouver, not as wet as what we saw today, but we'll still see on and off showers tomorrow. Temperatures will bump back up to 13 degrees. 14 for a Monday. We should see see some breaks, especially in between systems. And then Tuesday onward, still remaining unsettled. We are looking at windy conditions. Tomorrow, temperature still up to 13 degrees. Sonia? All right, Yvonne. Thank you very much for that. Uh, still ahead, a hockey community united as they prepare for the final game of the Sedins. Members of the Vancouver Canucks sending their support to victims of the Humboldt bus tragedy. All right, let's uh, bring you up to date with all the sport today. And uh, Barry, as you were saying earlier, lots of reaction to mm-hmm. what's happened, the horrible tragedy in Humboldt. Yeah, it's uh, the story of the day and for a long time to come because uh, mm-hmm. kind of hits home for a lot of us. Thanks, Sonia. Well, as we've uh, heard throughout our newscast, it's been a very emotional day for the hockey world and this entire country as they try to absorb the tragedy of the Humboldt Broncos bus crash that uh, killed 15 people. This cuts so deep because so many people in this country are part of the hockey fabric and community. That certainly goes for NHL players and coaches as well. Many of them have traveled those roads, which were an integral part of getting them to uh, where they are now. Canucks head coach Travis Green played in the Western League and coached in Portland just a few years ago at the Winterhawks, and this news hit him hard. It's really sad. And uh, it's horrific, and uh, nothing you say is going to make anyone feel better. But mm-hmm. it, uh, it's just terrible to think about what uh, what the community, what the families, what mom and dads are going through, and it's it's hard to put it into words. My uncle's the, uh, the president of the team there, and he uh, he was actually here in Edmonton, and he had to go back yesterday and make a statement. Um, Obviously, terrible news for him to hear too. Um, you know, it hits home with a lot of hockey players too. I mean, especially in junior hockey like that, you spend a lot of hours on the bus. Um, you know, I did it for four years and still do it down the American League too. So, uh, very tough news to hear. And tonight at games all around the NHL, tributes to the Broncos. The Jets and Blackhawks had Broncos in place of their nameplates and the backs of their jerseys. They stood in a circle during anthems as a show of solidarity and support. 
moments of silence as well. So a very emotional day for everybody in the hockey world. Well, on a day like this, it's hard to think of a hockey celebration, but the Sedins will play their final game tonight in Edmonton. It feels a bit odd because of the amazing send-off the other night at home, but they again will try to soak it up as their incredible 17-year careers come to an end. Great week. Uh, uh, just from the, the time we announced it to uh, the game on Tuesday with the crowd, and uh, Thursday night was uh, something extraordinary for us. So uh, tonight, yeah, just going to go out there and try to enjoy and uh, know that it's the last time we, we put our, our skates and our, our jerseys on. Yeah, it's been an honor. Obviously, when you play against uh, those kind of players, it's uh, it's always a pleasure and uh, to be able to play against him in the last game is uh, is neat. NHL today, final game for most teams. Flyers looking to clinch the final playoff spot in the East with just a point against the Rangers. They came out flying. Ivan Provorov with the goal. It actually just bounced off him into the net. one nothing Philly. Second period, Claude Giroux just directs one towards the net on the power play. It looked like Nolan Patrick got a piece, but he didn't. It got through Henrik Lundqvist, 2-0. And then Flyers will add another on the rebound. Michael Raffle turns and fires. Three-zip Flyers, and just six seconds after that, a team record between goals. Giroux gets his second of the night. He did go on to fire the hat trick. Flyers win it 5-0. They're going to the playoffs, which means the Florida Panthers are out. The Whitecaps are just getting their match underway in Salt Lake City tonight. Vancouver has been fantastic on the road so far this season with wins in Houston and Columbus. Whitecaps begin the day tied for first in the West with Sporting Kansas City. We'll have complete highlights tonight at 11. Meanwhile, Manchester City with a chance to clinch the English Premiership title some five weeks before the end of the season. Would love to do it against arch-rival Man United. City seemed on its way already up one nothing, And... Uh, Ilke Gondowin makes it 2-0 in the 30th minute. City fans ready to celebrate, but hold on. 53rd minute, Paul Pogba with the finish there to make it 2-1. And two minutes after that, it's Pogba one more time. Alexis Sanchez with the service here, and Pogba gets ahead on it. 2-2. And they are about to spoil the party at the Etihad. And then in a quarter of an hour later, Chris Smalling will convert the free kick from Alexis Sanchez, and Man United put the City party on hold at least for a week or two. 3-2 the final. United still 13 points back of Man City with six to play. Mathematically still alive, but not realistically. As well, Spurs at Stoke. Spurs in fourth, three points behind Liverpool. 52nd minute, Deli Ali down the left side, or down the right side at least, to set up Christian Eriksen. 1-0 Spurs. Stoke equalized, but Eriksen put Spurs ahead to stay in the 63rd. Off the free kick. This went straight in, although Harry Kane claimed it hit him. But he's trying to catch Mo Salah for the golden boot. They didn't believe him. Eriksen's goal. 2-1 Spurs win, now tied with Liverpool for third with a match in hand. World Curling Championship. Brad Gushu and Team Canada meeting the U.S. Today in the quarterfinals, Gushu, the defending champ, lost to the Americans in the round robin, but got some revenge today. Nice tap back there for two in the eight. Canada up 5-3, and then 10th end. Gushu adds some insurance. A draw for one is perfect. Canada takes out the U.S. 6-4. They're on the ice right now. First end against Scotland in the semis. The winner gets Sweden in the final. The Swedes beat Korea 9-8 in an extra end. 
Still to come, it's moving day at the Masters, and a lot of the top players were moving and shaking on a great day for scoring at Augusta. They're all chasing Patrick Reed, who had not one but two eagles on the day. Round three from the Masters when we come back. Welcome back. It was a bad weather day, but a great scoring day at Augusta for round three of the Masters. The rain and humidity helped soften those lightning-fast greens and allowed the top players in the world to fire at some pins. The result, extraordinarily low scores and some big names moving their way up the leaderboard. Tiger Woods, not among those who went low. Tiger did have his best round so far at this year's Masters. Shot an even par 72, including this birdie at the sixth, set up by this uh, nice tee shot. Adam Hadwin, by the way, even today as well, sits 21st. Tiger's in 40th place at plus four. Hadwin played alongside Englishman Tommy Fleetwood, and he set the pace. A sizzling six under 66 moves into a tie for sixth. Fleetwood had five straight birdies on the backside from 12 through 16, including this one here on the 16th. So he is at six under for the tournament. Spaniard John Rahm also made a big move today. Gets jump started on the par 5 eighth. Pitches it in for an eagle. Gets to five under par. And then at the 17th, Rom will roll in another birdie. Seven under 65. Low round of the tournament. Rom in fourth place at eight under. Looking for his first major. Ricky Fowler. Joining that group at 65, this from about 35 feet on the 8th, gets to 7 under. And then on the 17th, after a wonderful approach, short birdie putt for Ricky Fowler, also shot a 7 under 65, so he's third at 9 under par. Rory McIlroy feeling it as well, just like Rom. Rory pitches in for Eagle at the 8th, actually tied for the lead at that point at 9 under. And at the very tough finishing hole, McElroy, with a birdie, gets it to 11 under. He matched Fowler and Rom with that 65. Patrick Reed got off to a bit of a slow start, but got on a big roll midway through his round. At the ninth, that one just has enough to drop in for a birdie, gets him to minus 11. And then he absolutely destroys the two par fives on the back nine. At 13, that's an eagle, gets to 13 under. And then on 15, third shot on the par five, this is what you call perfect pitch. It's in for a second eagle in three holes. He did bogey the 16th, but Reed leads at 14 under. Three better than McElroy, five more than Fowler. Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas, best buddies, are nine back at five under. They'll play together tomorrow. Adam Hadwin, once again, 14 shots back at even par, and they start bright and early tomorrow at Augusta. All right, thanks very much for that, Barry. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes, so stay with us. All right, three women have launched a daunting project today, all while one of them is battling a debilitating disease. She's really strong. She's honestly the strongest out of the three of us, so not too worried. Uh, Riley, Kendra and Claire, three of them going across Canada in a canoe uh, to raise money and awareness for cystic fibrosis. Now, that's a disease that affects the lungs and the digestive systems of children and young adults. Uh, these three women launched their journey from Fraser River Park in Vancouver this morning. Just raising awareness, um, like letting people know what, what it is and how they can help and honestly how much progress has been made over the past 10 years. 
In the first leg, they'll be paddling to Hope, then put the canoe on top of their car when they go across the Rockies to Calgary. They're hoping to raise $25,000 in the six months they hope it's going to take them to travel from coast to coast. Good luck. Ambitious. All of them. Yeah. Like to really put the paddle down. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, it's been a tough show for all of us. Our thoughts and prayers really do go out uh, to all of those affected in, uh, in the Humboldt community. Um, and tonight, while sending those thoughts to everybody, we leave you with scenes uh, from a community dealing with an absolute tragedy tonight. Good night. On behalf of the entire Broncos family... Our deepest sympathies go out to the injured and the deceased, and of course all their loved ones. The worst thing about the day was parents waiting to hear news about their kids. Just sit with them and cry with them. This news is truly heartbreaking, not only for the entire hockey world, but for the entire community of parents, family, and friends. Our thoughts and prayers are with the players, we ask that you join us in a moment of silence for all those who have been affected. It's something beyond a nightmare. 